0: The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will begin the next sermon in the Heavenly Authority series. So let's join Bible teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. In the Heavenly Authority series, we've been going through the gifts, the different ministries, and the operations of those ministries. And in the framework of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, and we spoke about both of those in some detail, and last time we studied the section, third teachers. The word there for teacher, remember, did didaskalos. didaskalos in the Greek, uh, an instructor, a teacher, sometimes uh, it's translated master. And we saw the connection also of that word to the Jewish title of honor that came from the Semitic rab, rabbi, my teacher, my master. And we also started to discuss the connection of teaching, and the teachers to the scribes. Uh, We left off in Matthew chapter 23. In Matthew chapter 23, we read in verse 5, speaking of in verse 1, the scribes and the Pharisees who what? Sit in Moses' seat, right? We spoke about the scribes, the teachers, when we studied the scribes and the Pharisees. Sitting in Moses' seat... And we said last time from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 1 to 9, that Moses and Aaron were considered teachers of God's commandments and statutes. In Deuteronomy 4, 5, it says, this is review, Surely, Moses says, I have taught you the statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess and the teacher teaching the instructions of God, teaching the Word of God as he is instructed, as the Lord God commands. We saw last time you can't add to it, you cannot take from it. Why? That the people should hear, learn, and act according to them that you may possess the land. How do we have the victory? How do we possess the land? And the Pharisees and scribes sitting in Moses' seat, we're teaching the people the law. Remember, the Pharisees, Paul, as Saul, was a Pharisee. They had the right doctrine. They believed in the afterlife. They believed that there was a resurrection for the dead. They believed in all the scriptures about Messiah. They believed in angels and demons, spiritual realms. The Sadducees had a very watered-down, pragmatic version of Judaism, and it was Pharisaic Judaism that ultimately was carried forward even among the Jews that did not believe in Jesus, because that was the one that the Father had planted. Uh, They believed in the whole Old Testament, what we know as the Old Testament, they believed in the Scriptures. So they were teaching the people from the right book, as opposed to all the other nations on the face of the earth, and even the different sects among Judaism. So he tells them, they sit in Moses' seat, therefore observe whatever they tell you to observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and they do not do. They don't practice what they preach. And they put heavy burdens on people, he goes on to say. And they love the best places at the feasts, the best seats in the synagogues. Verse 5, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. Uh, Verse 7, they love the greetings in the marketplaces to be called by men, Rabbi, rabbi my teacher my teacher they love the praise now they're teaching from the right scriptures and so you have to listen but don't do as they do because their motives are not correct they like the perks they like the attention they like the excitement of people thinking there's something special they enjoy being called my teacher my rabbi what is the New Testament instruction to those who are in a position of leadership, to those who teach, look what Jesus says. Verse 8, But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher. Don't let anyone call you my teacher, my rabbi, my master, my instructor. For one, only one, is your teacher. And that word there for teacher is another word that means a guide, someone that guides you through the scriptures that guide you in the way of knowing about God, and so a master or a teacher. Don't let anyone call you teacher. One is your teacher, the Christ, and we've studied this many times, and you are all what? Brethren. Jesus, the one, the Christ, the teacher, we are all brethren. Now he's saying this to them, and the disciples who hear this, the apostles who hear this, obviously, have a tremendous commission to go out and preach and to teach. And we'll discuss that in a minute. But in so doing, they are not to bring the attention onto themselves. There is one teacher, the Christ. Verse 9, do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. Verse 10, and do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. Do not be called rabbi, do not be called teacher, there is one teacher over and over again, the Christ. And if you check the Gospels, how many times, take a concordance, if you have a computer or a concordance book, and see how many times Jesus is called teacher. How many times it says he taught the people, he taught the disciples, he taught the multitude. Jesus was and is the great teacher. The Sermon on the Mount starts in Matthew chapter 5, verse 2. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. It ends in Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He is the teacher. The gospel is filled with his teaching. And I told you, a number of sermons back, how it riles me when people somehow explain away how Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the teachings by Jesus in there, how they can explain away how some of those teachings do not apply to us. Because he is the teacher. He was teaching the new covenant, the kingdom of God, the New Testament salvation, and certainly what he taught, we should take to heart. In John chapter 8, verse 2, Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. He didn't just walk around and preach. He sat down and taught. There needs to be a time of teaching that people understand and grow. There needs to be preaching. There needs to be teaching. There needs to be prophecy. All the gifts of the Spirit need to be in effect, and Jesus certainly demonstrate the office of the teacher cuz he is the one and only my teacher my rabbi my great one my instructor you know a lot of people like to have people sit at their feet and be the teacher And we're going to talk about why that's a dangerous thing later on in the study and they like it because of like the rabbis liked it not because they're teaching people the word of god but they love the attention They love to be up on the stage, they love to have that pulpit and see the people sway as they speak. That's not what Christian teachers are called to do. It can be very impressive to the multitude, especially in America, where we're impressed by what? We're raised from childhood to be a media people, to respond to media icons. Look at some of the personalities that get so much attention from the photographers and the TV shows because their personalities. We're raised in our country to respond to personality and to prancing and to showmanship. It was not supposed to be so for the Christian. Do not do what they do. Do not be like the Pharisees and the scribes that like to be called Rabbi, Rabbi and walk through that marketplace having people fawn over them. We're not to be media-hyped, teachers of Christ. We're supposed to lead people to follow him as the teacher, as the Christ. And he certainly taught. He taught them early in the morning. They came, he sat down, he taught them. In John 13, 13, he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you say well, for so I am. And that word there for teacher is Didascalos. Over and over. He taught them the teacher, the good teacher, A teacher of the Bible, anointed by the Holy Spirit to that ministry, can rightly divide the Scriptures and give us, give you correct and accurate information that we need to hear. There's some things you need to hear, and God uses the teachers to bring the understanding of the Scripture. Remember last time we read in Nehemiah chapter 8 about Ezra, we first, studied, we first studied the heart of Ezra in Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. He was a priest and a scribe, right? And he prepared his heart, it says in Ezra Review, to seek the law of the Lord. He desired with all his heart to seek God's law. And then it said what? Not only to seek it, he wanted to understand it, but then to do it, right? To put into practice in his own life. And then to what? To teach it in Israel, to seek it, to do it in his own life, and then once he's sought it, once he's done it, then to teach it. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, remember we read how Ezra, along with certain Levites, read the word of God, it says in verse 8 of Nehemiah chapter 8, we read distinctly, clearly, right? They didn't hide it. They didn't keep some to themselves. They didn't put a foreign language on it to make it seem, you know, say like something mystical, clear words. They took the word of God, and the people needed to hear the clear, distinct words of the word of God. They read it distinctly. Uh, this is verse 8 in Nehemiah chapter 8. They read it distinctly. They gave the sense of it. Remember that? They gave the background meaning to it, and they helped the people to understand The Word of God needs to be understood by everyone, not just the chosen few, and that's the call of the teacher, that everyone gets the sense, everyone hears the Word, he opens the book. That was the important thing, the Word of God, the book, the law of God, clearly spoken, right? Clearly spoken, with the sense of it, any background they needed to know, to understand the meaning of it, that they would understand what God was trying to tell them that they needed to do. In verse 12 it says, and all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly. To send portions and rejoice greatly. Why? Because they understood the words that were declared to them. They'll have the physical food now. They'll have an abundance. They'll have a joy. They'll have, they share the food. We read about that last week. They send portions to others who have no food prepared. And they rejoice with physical food. Why? Because they have received spiritual food. The Word of God has been opened to them to understand. Spiritual food, that's the call of the teacher, to give the spiritual food from the Word of God to the people. Our Sunday message is live-streamed on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel at 10.30 a.m. Pastor Greg is currently teaching on last day events and you will find a link to the channel on our website at shiarjashub.org. On the channel, you can also catch up with sermons from prior weeks.